All right. Hello, folks. This is Mark Viquez, the Ballpark Hunter, and welcome to the Ballpark Hunter podcast. With me today is the GM of the Danville Otterbots. Yes, the Otterbots, Mr. Austin Scher. Austin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. Great to see you. Yeah, Austin, this is, uh, I think, the third time we've met. We've met uh, on another interview with Stadium Journey. And actually, the fourth time we met at an Otterbots game, but you were extremely busy in the press box. And I was like, yeah, I guess I better leave him alone. And then I met you after a sumo wrestling event in Burlington. And, that, uh, that was the the highlight of the uh, of the promotional season for the sock puppets i'm sure seeing uh their their bitter rival <laughs> defeat their prized intern in a sumo challenge oh <laughs> uh, and, and i tell you after that you and a bunch of guys from danville were just heckling burlington we, look if if we're on the road we're making it a home game we uh we yes. did the old uh the old Yankee Stadium bleachers roll call. Uh, everybody on the field, everybody in the dugout, uh, the you know baseball operations intern, the video scout, the coaching staff. Yes. Um, we, I think we were probably half the crowd that stuck around through the rainstorm. Um, mm-hmm. So we we were uh, blessed with a gift from above uh, to wipe out uh, most of the sock puppets faithful that night. <laughs> yeah, that yeah that you know, and that's funny how you talk about rain because I was. Uh... I was supposed to go to Nashville and check out a Vanderbilt game, a Nashville Sounds game, but the weather was a little etchy. And when the PR guy tells you, it may not be best to come down because we don't know what the weather's going to look like. Uh, those are the chances you take. But that night it did rain, but there was a decent crowd there. I still had a lot of fun at the Burlington game. Uh, and then a couple, I think the night before I was in Danville, which was beautiful weather. No problems there. Of course, uh, you ran out of hot dogs for a little while. Is that is that something that happens or just supply and demand? Uh, well, so it's it's part of the challenges, and and we spoke about it on the, the Stadium Journey episode. Yes. Um, when we came in last January, we came into a completely abandoned ballpark uh, in the height of COVID. So trying to uh, outfit an entire ballpark, let alone uh, just the concessions equipment was a challenge. Um, so we, you know, would fill every freezer up with as much product as we possibly could. Um, but at the end of the day, after a four or five game homestand with delivery schedules from our food, uh, you know, service providers, uh, we did run into some, some issues mm-hmm. with just having more people at the concession line than we had, uh, available equipment to cook. Uh, so that is one thing that is, is actively changing. Um, we are, uh, in the process of a, uh, pretty big internal overhaul, I'll call it. Um, a lot of new equipment, including a uh, giant walk-in cooler, uh, which is pretty much going to quadruple the nice. amount of food that we can have in the ballpark at a time. So, <laughs> nice. um, you know, and unless we've got, uh, uh, you know, the fire marshal uh, on site with a standing room only crowd, I feel pretty good about having uh, enough yeah. product to, to make it through every game this year. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you because those hot dogs are bright red. They're a little bit different than what I'm used to. Is there a difference in taste or is it? Yeah, so it's it's uh the they're Jesse Jones hot dogs, the yes, official right. ballpark hot dog of of the Otterbots. Uh they're a Danville original. The company was founded in Danville. Uh they're now headquarters down in Raleigh, North Carolina, so just about an hour, yeah. hour, 10 minutes away. Um, so they are the the world famous Martinsville dog. Uh so if you ever go to a race at the Martinsville Speedway, okay. everybody talks about the Martinsville dog. Those are those Jesse Jones dogs. Um, as a kid from North Carolina, uh, I grew up going to uh they they were, I guess you could call 
call them a chain. There were probably like 15, 20 called the dog house. Um, all they did was hot dogs. Those were Jesse Jones dogs. So um, it is a different taste. It's a pork first product. Um, so as opposed to an all beef Frank um, that you're going to be paying, especially nowadays, seven, eight bucks for at most ballparks, or yeah. as opposed to the traditional ballpark Frank, which is just the scraps of whatever's oh. coming out of the hot dog factory. Yeah. We've got those Jesse Jones, which is, it's a, per, a pork first, um, very, very red, very unique, stains the inside of the bun hot dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's I, that's the thing I know is it's like a bright red, not your typical kind of, you know, pale red that you, you see at a hot dog. And, but guys, don't be upset. I wind up getting some otter nachos, which uh, we're, we're very otter good. Tots. Otter tots. Otter tots. Nacho. Yeah, otter tots <laughs> with bacon and cheese and jalapenos. So. I was fine. And, and here's the thing. If I don't eat one hot dog at a ballpark, you know, it's, and that's okay. I need to drop a few pounds. So yeah, I, did, <laughs> I mean, I did have a yingling. I, I was hanging out with some friends. They had the food service uh, girls up there. I had a good time. It was a lot of fun. And I talked to some of the interns and some other uh, fans later on in that game. And I was telling them about pork roll. Cause I'm from New Jersey. And I said, hey, did you ever hear a pork roll? These guys are like, what the heck are you talking about? I was <laughs> I was trying to get them to guess what it is. And one of your interns was from Jersey. I don't know if he's still there. And he's telling everybody about it. He's like, oh, my God, somebody's talking about pork roll in Virginia. So we uh, we had a good time. That's kind of what I like going to a ballpark where you have those conversations with locals. And it was a game that went into extra innings. And you had that, uh, that you know, you had that, those weird rules last year. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I couldn't get a hotel in Danville that night. I don't know what the heck. A reasonably priced hotel. I had to drive to Reedsville. But then that led to another adventure the next day. So, all in all, uh, a great time at the ballpark. Uh, last year, first year uh, as the Otterbots, uh, did you get everything you wanted to get done, or are there areas of improvement for 22? Yeah, that's a, it's a really, really good question. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to answer from a personal standpoint, and then I'll answer from an organizational Perfect. standpoint, if that makes sense. So personally, um, if I'm going to be candid, no, um, you know, I, I have this, uh, you know, a, a drive for perfection, which sometimes is uh, a hindrance to, uh, you know, not getting sleep and overworking and, you know, triple checking things that I know yeah. were right the first time, and then the second time, and then the third time. Um, so I wanted every game to be a complete sellout, right? You know, like yeah. I, I wanted to, to end the season winning a championship. You know, I, I wanted all of these grandiose things. Um, and I think part of what is going to make this season such a success is we know what we did well last year and we can make those points even better. And then we also recognize some of the things that I, I don't want to say we skipped over them, but in the interest of time and allocating our efforts, there were certain things that we did not do last year purposefully that now this year, since we've had a full off season, since we have had a few improvements to the ballpark that we will be able to do for next year. So organizationally, I think it was a phenomenal success. Um, I, you know, we, increased attendance over the the prior organization um, who was here for 27 years, who had an embedded fan base, who had a ballpark that, uh, you know, their equipment was in, they knew how to operate within, um, and being able to come in and, and provide something new, uh, a facelift of the entertainment was really the biggest thing. You know, we, uh, every single day of the week is a weekly theme, every single night 
is a different promotion. We often have stacked promotions uh, where there are two themes, you know, maybe a gate giveaway and then a different theme once the game starts. Um, every single, you know, half inning break is a different on-field promotion. Um, and being able to bring kind of that modern era of minor league baseball feel to a ballpark that hadn't really seen that in 25, 30 years was a really, really cool thing. The, the community really latched on. Uh, we're able to form phenomenal partnerships with Danville Public Schools. Um, we're able to, to give back to the community in ways that nobody had really ever seen the baseball team do. So now as we're going into year two, like I said, we know what we did well and we know how we can improve on those things, but we also do have that list of things that we just couldn't do for one reason or another last Definitely. year that will now be implemented. So uh, all good things moving forward. And, and I've got a few highlights that, um, you know, as, as this airs to your listeners, um, they will have just uh, been announced uh, a week, uh, four days, two days, one day before this, this uh, episode comes out. Um, so we're going to have a lot of fun, uh, you know, kind of diving into those elements of what's going to be new and what to expect this season. Yeah, no, no, definitely. When I, yeah, when I was at the ballpark, I mean, there was a nice crowd. The mascot was introducing fans. You had the merchandise stand. I think you're giving away towels. I think I went to about three different Appy League stadiums and I got three towels, which is fine because I have, I mean, can't see it here, but I have it hanging up in my basement here somewhere. But uh, I would just say it was just a lot of fun being at the ballpark. You know, to me, I'm used to the AAA and double A's. This was a nice summer collegiate league with affordable food, friendly staff, you know, a fun little environment. Uh, you know, I couldn't complain whether I was 10 years old or, or almost 50 years old. So, yeah, I, I had a blast <laughs> there. But I also felt there was like, okay, I could see room for improvement here. You know, I could see this stadium has some good bones. What they could, what can they do to improve? And I mentioned that there are some improvements coming for this year, which you'd be able to explain what those will be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, from the, the structural standpoint of the ballpark um, last year, uh, and, and I just, I, I want to preface this. I know a lot of folks uh, that are familiar with the industry understand the, you know, kind of ebbs and flows and ups and downs. And um, I know that you and, and the stadium journey cohort have a unique appreciation for that just because you've been so ingrained and you've gotten to meet so many people. Mm -hmm. um, I was a, a staff of one for my first five months in Danville. So from mm -hmm. January 21 to May 21, and then we opened up on June 3rd. Um, so between, you know, trying to outfit the ballpark, trying to get the team situated, trying to, you know, unveil a brand uh, in, you know, March uh, of that year, uh, coming up with the team name, trying to merchandise, dealing with all the supply chain stuff, dealing with all the COVID regulations. Um, like I said earlier, we, we knew that there were just certain things that we wouldn't be able to get done. One of the things that we did want to do that we that we did introduce last season is the wreck, which is our ballpark bar named after the wreck of the old 97. Mm -hmm. uh, Johnny Cash wrote a song called The Ballad of the Old 97. Uh, there's a giant mural uh, of the train uh, in, in downtown Danville. Yep. Um, Ballad Brewing is one of our local breweries. Uh, they are named as an homage to the Ballad of the 97. Uh, we did have beers on tap from Ballad at the rec last year. This season, uh, I know our, our counterparts down in Burlington uh, had their sock puppet Pilsner last year. Um, we this year, because we always like to be a little bit better, uh, went a little bit different went above and beyond. Um, and we actually had our season ticket holders and the Ballad Platinum Society, which is their kind of membership club, come together 
taste six beers, rate those beers based on uh, ABV, IBU, the color, the haziness, the aftertaste, the, the bitterness, compiled all those results. And our friends at Ballad actually brewed a brand new beer that this season will only be available here at the ballpark and at their tap room. It's called Lagerbot. It is Lagerbot. A, uh, yep, it's it's a pale yes. lager. Um, it is, uh, in in the words of one of their brewers, dangerously crushable, uh, 5.4%, drink smooth. Um, the cans are maybe the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I know that there's going to be some non-beer drinkers that buy a can, uh, probably take a sip of the beer, let somebody else that they're with drink mm -hmm. it, and then take the can home. Uh, so the introduction of Lagerbot is going to be awesome. That will be available at the main concession stand as well as in the rec. And then once again, at the ballad tap room. So we're very, very excited about that. The reason I brought up the rec, that is in the left field corner. The ballpark when it was built in the early 90s was built exactly parallel straight down the middle. So the left side of the concourse is the same as the right side of the concourse. The seats are the exact same. The, you know, the, the corners are the exact same. So the, the room that we used for the rec bar last year was just storage for the prior organization. Um, we completely, you know, we painted a new mural of the train, put picnic tables over there, put yard games over there, giant beer pong, uh, you know, giant Jenga, uh, those kinds of things, the bag toss. The space on the right field side was, again, just a glorified storage room. This year, this is arguably the coolest thing that I've ever done in my career. We, outside of the team in Brooklyn, the Cyclones, and a few major league ballparks, we are now going to be uh, the only team south of Brooklyn with a sensory-friendly room on our concourse. Oh, nice. um, so we, you know, we talk about having something for everybody and being more than a baseball team and being welcoming and accommodating to every single person who is a member of our community. And unfortunately, for uh, parents and children who are on the autism spectrum, sometimes the sensory overload of a baseball stadium, whether it's the lights, the music, the, the cheers from the crowd, the smells, it's, it's just overload. Um, so we are uh, going to unveil the ballpark sensory room. Um, it's going to have two cuddle swings um, hanging from the ceiling, which are, are, you know, a nice way to kind of escape that, that sensory. Uh, we've, we've got uh, soundproof headphones. Uh, we've got wall pads on all the walls. We've got eggshells above all the wall pads. We've got as close to a soundproof glass as we could get uh, with a blackout curtain. That glass actually looks out on the kid's zone. So if you are a parent who has two kids at the game with you, if one of them, you know, kind of starts to go into a, a meltdown and, and is being overloaded, mm -hmm. you can bring both of those kids down to that area. The one can go inside the sensory room, take a few minutes, calm down. We've got, you know, fidget poppers, uh, multi-textured rugs, um, you know, different, you know, kind of soft LED lights. And then you can also, through that window, keep an eye on your other child as they're bouncing on the bounce house or playing on the playground or doing these other things in the kids zone. Um, so that's that's a really, really exciting piece of, of what we're doing this season. Again, trying to, to actively accommodate every single member of our community. And, um, you know, best, best example I can give, um, if you've got a family of five, you buy tickets and the tickets start at five bucks. So you've spent 25 bucks on tickets. Um, you go to the concession stand, get four hot dogs, four drinks. Now you've spent, you know, close to 45, 48 bucks at the ballpark during the national anthem before the first pitch is thrown. If we send off a firework salute at bombs bursting in air and that pop, 
-hmm. is a shock to that child before this year. Now you've got to decide, are we going to try to take the entire family home so that we can calm, you know, our, our child down so that they can feel more comfortable? Or are you going to just try to, to accommodate and try to, you know, like squeeze the ears, do different things to try to calm that child down. Um, now there is specifically a space within the ballpark that you can go and, and do that. So there's never going to be that question of, is my child going to be accommodated uh, at the ballpark? And since we are located within a regional park, Dan Daniel Memorial Park here in Danville, uh, when we are in the office nine to five, Monday through Friday, uh, the gates will be open, obviously, and the door to the sensory room will be open. So if you have a sibling at the skate park or that has soccer practice or football practice, uh, or if you're you know taking a stroll down the river walk and, and something happens, as long as one of us as, as staff of the Otterbots is at the ballpark, the door to that sensory room will be open and available for people to enjoy. So that was very long-winded, um, but between <laughs> the introduction of Lagerbot and the unveiling of this sensory room, um, we've got, again, something for everybody, yeah. the beer drinking crowd, the families, uh, and everything in between. Yeah, no, no, definitely the, uh, the sensory room. Is this something that you noticed last year with families having children and saying, hey, I wish we had a sensory room? And how often did you see it? Was it something every game or? So it, it wasn't something that I saw last year. And I think, unfortunately, the reason is um, there's not a lot of parents that are willing to take that chance yeah. and, and take that risk. Um, my mom uh, was a, an EC teacher for close to 20 years. Um, and uh, I've been fortunate to, to have a lot of friends over the course of my life um, that are, uh, you know, somewhere on the spectrum. Um, and knowing that, you know, you can walk into a ballpark, it's it's the same reason why we hosted the the interfaith nights that, that we put on in Greensboro and Daytona. Um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of people that if they don't feel welcome it, with their surroundings that will even take yeah. that chance. And sometimes it's just creating that invitation to say, hey, we do want you at the ballpark. We, we, we will accommodate things. You know, we held an interfaith night in Greensboro right in the middle of Ramadan. And you have a no food or beverage through the gates policy, right? But for those celebrating Ramadan, you haven't eaten or drank anything since the sun came up. You break the fast with dates. So for that night, the only food allowed through the gates were dates so that the members of the Muslim population yes. that came to that game to enjoy the game were able to break their fast at sundown, setting aside an open prayer space. So at sundown, you can say your evening prayer. Like these are simple things that you don't think about because you see them. You mm -hmm. think about them because you don't see them. So similar to, to us last year, um, I actually, my, my girlfriend has a son that's on the spectrum who is not sensory averse and he loves being at the ballpark. But if you talk to the, you know, the other parents of, of his class, if you talk to his teachers, if you talk to the principals of the school, there is not that opportunity for field trips. There's not that opportunity for family night out. Now there is. Um, so I don't know what to expect. You know, I'm, I'm not doing it to, to get an attendance bump. We're doing it so that when we say we have something for everybody, every single yes. person within our no. community knows that, yes, there is something for you at the ballpark. No, no. Yeah. And my nephew's on the spectrum as well. Uh, as long as you have French fries at the ballpark, he'll be fine. Because if we we went to, I don't know, we're, we're back in New Jersey where he lives, and we went to look at some a dinosaur park, they didn't have fryers, so they didn't have French fries. Well, that flipped them out. Like, what do you mean you don't have French fries? Everybody has French fries. So <laughs> he, got, he got mad. And, of course, he got mad at me one time because I got him a small slushy instead of a 
tall slushy. And I, I looked at him. I said, I could just take you home right now. I'm like, you're not going to boss me around. <laughs> little, man, little man, I'm bigger than you. And then he's like, okay, Uncle Mark. <laughs> I was like, I'll give you a small slushy. You can go back and get more. What's the matter with you? So, yeah, it's uh, – no, that's great to see because I see a lot of uh, arenas have it. I was just at the – I want to say the KFC Yum Center in Louisville. I think they had a sensory room. And I want to say the Prudential Center in Newark where the Devils play, they have a sensory room. So you're going to see more and more of that just because uh, that's just the world we live in. You know, we're going to have parents – you know, if you're appear- if you're appealing to parents who have uh, kids on the spectrum – that's that's a, a nice nice little thing to have just in case something does happen. Uh, so that'd be that'd be great for the. And then once that word gets out to folks, they'll be like, oh yeah, maybe we'll take the kids and uh, see what happens. Uh, I know last year when I when I went to the Burlington game, I, I want to say that one of the friends I met up with, I met up with a couple friends. I want to say her son had headphones on, and I didn't ask. You know, I was just like, okay, he's had headphones on. He's probably on the spectrum. Uh, I didn't say anything, but yeah, it's, you know, those are things as a parent you have to worry about, you know, and that's good to know that you've taken away one less thing to worry about. We can go to an Otterbots game, even a night where you're like, Hey, we have nothing to do. Hey, let's go to the Otterbots game because they have that room just in case something happens. So that's great to see. And of course the, the lager sounds great as well. I, uh, I did go to Ballad Brewing when I first came into town in an old, old, uh, was a tobacco factory was that yep yeah it's uh it's dan, downtown danville's quite the spectacle to walk around it's like wow look at the history here of tobacco producing and that's all gone everything is just being turned into lofts or restaurants or distilleries or breweries it's uh a lot happening there even one of the main streets was uh there was a lot of construction going on when i was there and i, I got twisted turned a little bit so yeah, Danville is one of those fascinating towns. It's one of those old mill towns, but it's, uh, it, I, I think, you know, within a few years, you're just going to see a whole, whole new downtown. Uh, now, the old uh, Dan River complex, is that being, is anything happening with that? So, uh, yes, uh, there, there were uh, two main buildings of Dan River Mills uh, who basically ran the town for you know, oh. four or five decades. Um, so the big white mill that's, that's right. right on the river, right at the, the you know, kind of intersection of, you know, uh, Craghead Street, which is uh, perpendicular to Main Street, kind of at the, the entrance to the River District area, that building has been purchased and is being developed somewhat ironically by a company from Madison, Wisconsin. And one of my friends from college is one of the project managers working that's on that small project. world. So, Yes. I mean, it was like, I I got a LinkedIn message one day. He was like, Hey man, like silly question. Are you in Danville, Illinois or Danville, Virginia? (laughs) I was like, Danville, Virginia. He was like, dude, I'm going to be down there next week. Like we're touring the site that we're going to, we're going to do. So they have this gorgeous plan. Um, It's going to be a multi-use facility. They're keeping the bones. So similar to Ballad and and some of those downtown buildings, exposed brick, the wood pillars, but just everything else is going to be brand new. It's going to be shops and restaurants, condos for you know purchase um and then some apartments for rental so um they are gonna you know kind of expand their parks and recreation has announced that they are building uh what's going to be called riverfront park uh on the river 
looking out at the the white mill kind of right you know two blocks down the road that's going to have a giant splash pad a, a you know a gorgeous picnic shelter um and then the the continuation of downtown will continue to develop all the way down main street until you get to the school field complex which is the second of those dan river mill yeah. sites that is where caesar's virginia is is going oh yeah um, so it, it's actually been pretty cool as they're they're going through the demolition uh process they are stamping each brick that falls with the year that it was built and members of the community can just go over to the site they have a special pickup site and you can pick up a brick and some of those those bricks were from you know 1903 1906 um so uh this is actually a great parlay into something else that you can expect i, I, ha to see I had a feeling park. i had a feeling this was going to lead to something go ahead <laughs> go ahead and tell us so um we have uh, a couple of those bricks from from the school field site um and they are going to be located underneath and and mark i might have have hinted at this during the stadium journey podcast. Um, but because of, of the different projects that we've had yeah. going on, it wasn't able to come to fruition. But when you pull into the parking lot, you see that giant Danville Braves mural that's about 12 feet wide on, on the oh, outward yeah. facing side of the home clubhouse. Looking at it right now on my review. Go to stadiumjourney.com for the review. That's... <laughs> <laughs> it's a great plug there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, that was a good so segue. We, we are, are actually... Um, finishing the painting of that wall, which leads directly into what will be that sensory room spot down in the right field corner. Um, so there, there is the, the, the mural as it currently stands now. Um, and for the, uh, it's about 40 feet left. Um, we are painting the, the logos of the former teams oh, in Danville love and it. turning it into a history of Danville baseball love it. mural. Um, again, looking towards the future, hopefully we will eventually be able to add a, you know, kind of touch and feel museum component, uh, jerseys, cards, photos, bats, relics from those former teams, but we've got the Danville Leafs, uh, who were originally the tobacconists, but they became yeah. the Leafs and then were on and off. They were the Red Sox for a couple of years, but they were always the Danville the Leafs. Leafs. Yeah. So we're going to have the Leafs. We're going to have the Danville 97s, who oh, yeah. we're back to talking about the 97. Yeah. We're Can't get away from it. Season. Um, and then the Danville All-Stars, which I think is the coolest story. It's kind of lost history. Um, they played for two seasons in the Negro American yes. Association. Um, so we're going to have that history kind of greet people as soon as they come into the ballpark uh, with that, you know, expanded kids zone with the Otterbots branding. So for folks that are interested in coming into Danville, you know, spending a weekend here, um, you'll see that living history that Mark mentioned when you are downtown. You'll see kind of that new age of using old bones to create something new. And we're kind of mirroring that at the ballpark where, hey, the Otterbots are new. Obviously, it's one of these crazy new names. The logo's awesome. The colors are different. The entertainment is this new age of minor league baseball. But we're not shying away from the fact that there is a, you know, 110-year history of competitive baseball being played in Danville. Um, so we're really, really excited about that. And uh, those bricks from the school field mill, uh, we're trying to get like a shadow box to affix to the wall underneath that, that Leafs logo. Okay. Um, to just kind of have a, a, you know, a living piece of the past right there next to the, the leaf sign. Yeah. And will, will you have a, a little mention of how the ballpark in Burlington used to be in Danville, how that was uh, shipped, which I, I still find one of the most fascinating baseball stories. If I had to do a top 10, that'd be up there. It, it, it's one of those things where 
you know, Baloo Park Shopping Center, which right now is, you know, like there's a, a food line, a McDonald's, a Roses, you know, just like a classic, yeah. you know, small town America shopping center. That is the site. The parking lot is the site okay. of where now Burlington Athletic Stadium used to sit in Danville. And, you know, like the history of of that, that grandstand, I'll say, has seen more than anybody alive in terms of baseball history, right? I mean, like Willie McCovey played at that park in Danville. Yep. Leon Wagner broke the color barrier in the Carolina League in that ballpark in Danville. And then it gets moved down to Burlington and some of these newer Hall of Fame candidates, Jim Tomey, Manny Ramirez, CC Sabathia, kind of christened that field yeah. as the Burlington Indians came in before then transitioning to the Royals and now eventually the Sock Puppets. And it is one of those stories. You know, we have a, an a older season ticket uh, couple whose first date when they were in high school was at that ballpark. Um, and they still have the scorebook that they kept together from that first date and they didn't even realize until i told them that 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 the bones of that grandstand still stand yeah 45 minutes down the road mm -hmm. um and uh and, and it's just it's it's been a really cool kind of back and forth not only because we share the ownership and because anderson and i have the relationship that we do but Definitely. because the rivalry existed between the braves and the royals um being able to kind of kick it up to the next continue notch, it tie the history in, tie the new age entertainment in um it's it's been really really cool yeah, the only thing missing is sort of like your own version of the Mercer Cup. Is, is that any <laughs> – have you guys ever talked about that? Because it, it already exists in the league. I, I assume it still is going on uh, up in uh, Bluefield and uh, – oh, what's the other name? Princeton. Princeton, yep. Uh, and will there be some kind of travel cup? or you, It doesn't even have to be a cup. You can play for something corny. You know, so like, like a giant tobacco leaf that's bronzed. I don't know. Yeah, so um, the the answer is yes. Now, I, I don't want to break this, uh, the the details, um, okay. because Anderson has has done a lot of the work on this, too. But I'll ask him. last year we had we had 10 games between the two of us. Um, it was no contest. We won seven. They won three. Ah. They were the worst team in the league. We finished the season, the hottest team. in the league. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's in the past. I don't want to harp on it. But um, this year we have 11 games between uh -oh, the two of us. There you go. So we cannot end the season tied, right? Like somebody is going to win the head to head series this year. Um, one of our promotional nights, uh, if, if anybody has seen our, our promotional schedule release um, is Rock'em Sock'em night. Uh, so you think back to those, you know, those great days of playing Rock'em Sock'em robots. We have bots, they have socks. Um, oh, we're having genius. a Rock'em Sock'em night on a thirsty Thursday. Uh, with Burlington in town. Um, we've got a couple new merchandise items that you've got to be here to get it. Um, we, we might put a couple things online, but, um, and then we're, we're going to have some pretty awesome skits with the mascots, with players, with, you know, coaches. Um, so the, the back and forth, uh, again, last year, it was great to kind of start on social media, bring it to the field, have the teams and the coaches kind of back and forth with us. Um, but this year, since we've had an entire offseason to plan, uh, we've we've got some things in the works. We're excited to have an odd number of games against each other this year. Um, we're excited to be be hosting here in, in Danville that Rock'em Sock'em night. Um, and uh, our on-field MC from last year, Wyatt Sutton, is a professional wrestler, the River City Wrecking Ball. Uh, mm -hmm. He also now has joined us full-time as our coordinator of fun. Ah, um, and better. being able to have him have more of an active role in the entire entertainment picture rather than just coming in, you know, an hour and a half before a game and leaving at the end of the game, 
he was right next to me building the promotional schedule, building the, the you know, the plan for the concourse for on the field for the press box. Um, so that Rock'em Sock'em night, complete and total credit to him for coming up with the the, the details and how we're going to activate that. Um, and uh, I, I don't have the schedule right in front of me, but I want to say it's June 17th, that Thursday, June 17th, uh, if anybody would like to come up and, uh, and, and enjoy that game with us. <laughs> June 17th, mark it on your calendars. Uh, if you're in the area, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, I, I did an article where if you live in Greensboro, I mean, you are within an hour of about 12 different ballparks, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit over an hour to, to some places, but yeah, you definitely have your options. So I could see somebody sitting there going, oh, this looks like a fun night. Let's go up to Virginia. Let's go check out that ballpark and see what the heck's going on up there. So uh, nice. That, that's going to be a lot of fun. I like that rivalry. You don't see it a lot in minor league baseball or summer collegiate. And that kind of adds a little bit of, because, uh, you know, when I go to minor league baseball, I understand it's all about the entertainment, getting the kids, competing against the movie theaters. But you do like to see some kind of evidence of, of sports. You know, you want to see a rivalry. It'd be great to have like a cheering section that Danville has. Like it's Royal Rooters, like baseball used to have in the early 1900s or what Korean baseball has now where you have people just cheering the whole the whole game, you know, things like that, just to add a little, little excitement and energy, you know, Hey, you know, ever go to a Danville game, they got this cheering section. Everybody dresses like robots and silver and they just cheer the whole game. So, you know, it's uh should, should be a lot of fun. That's, and I, that's what I like about what you guys are doing in the Appy league. Cause up until everything changed, I was like, yeah, the Appy league, I can care less if I ever go to one of those stadiums. And I think last year I went to five, during my trip, I was like, well, I had a great time at most of them, you know, I mean, Johnson City, another another great ballpark to go to trying to get Kiva on a show. So if she's listening, you know, <laughs> Kiva, email Mark back. You got to yeah. come on. You got yeah, to get back to me. Well, that, that's somebody else that said, hey, I, I'm busy this week. I'll get back to you. And then, you know, then I said, hey, wait a minute. Let me contact Kiva. And, you know, there's a lot of questions I want to ask about her because. I think their ballpark was built in 1950 as opposed to 1956 that everybody says, and that's just based on some research. So I would definitely like to answer that, have her answer that question if she can, or somebody else, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe something else happened, but that that's just on my mind. When was your ballpark built? And, and just, <laughs> just like Burlington's ballpark, you know, I, I think initially they had two ballparks on that site that burnt down when it was in Danville and then they built it again and then they moved it. So you know, there's some questions on when the second one, the, I guess the, I guess it'd be the third one was built. So yeah, th these are things that, that bother me. And I get in these rabbit holes and I'm on newspapers.com or on hoosierchronicles.com and I'm, I'm dipping <laughs> back into the 19th century newspaper saying, Oh, look at this. Look what I found. So nice. Nice. So you talked about some of the new, uh, what fans will see this year, anything else, any new food items, uh, promotion nights, which ones you think are like going to be knock them out of the park crazy yeah yeah so uh from from the concession standpoint i mentioned this uh, you know right at the top of things um you know we kind of had to to use the equipment that we could get before opening night um so this year with some expanded equipment with some expanded capabilities um the the otter tots were kind of our specialty item yeah. last year um and they were awesome and people loved them so this year we're uh kicking it up another notch uh adding two new specialty items um one of them is going to be called a scotter dog. Uh, if I'm being honest with you, because you and your listeners are, are all in the know, 
it's nothing nobody else has hasn't done before right but rather than just getting a hot dog you're getting a hot dog with some barbecue on there you know with some some you know upgraded jesse jones brand chili uh you know with some barbecue sauce yeah it's it, it again it's nothing that that people haven't seen in other ballparks uh but now that we have the capability yeah, we are going to be able to do just more than, hey, let me get a hot dog with, you know, chili or cheese or ketchup or mustard. Um, the other thing that we're going to do, and I'm sure that you have seen these, um, they're, I think, originated in Texas um, and still very popular in Texas, uh, but we are going to have Frito pies. So okay. it's, it's you know, just yeah. in, in the same little boat that you would get a fry order uh, or, you know, chicken tender order in, you get a base of Fritos, you get chili you get cheese, you get jalapenos, mm -hmm. and it's like a walking taco with Fritos rather than, you know, yeah. tortilla chips. Um, and it's just, it's something different. It's something fun. It's going to have a very unique taste as opposed to anything else at the concession stand. Um, I actually, uh, tomorrow or, or Wednesday, uh, when this episode comes out, uh, I've got a rep from our food company coming in with some new and exciting products that they have. Um, and hopefully we'll find another couple of things oh, that nice. we can toss on nice. as specialty items. But yeah, very excited about the Scotter Dog, very excited about the Frito Pie. Um, in terms of promotional nights, uh, it's it's going to be a great season. Um, we've got a summer beach bash planned uh, with uh, sunglasses, Otterbot sunglasses uh, to the first 500 fans through the gates. Um, We've got a really, really cool uh, second annual Pride Night scheduled for the the first uh, or the second Thursday of the season, June 9th. Um, that one's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a group coming down from the University of Virginia uh, to participate in that. We've got uh, groups from uh, Averett University participating in that. So last year, again, it was you know a similar concept of the sensory room. We want people to understand that you don't have to be a baseball fan. You don't have to think about the ballpark as an exclusive place for certain types of people. You are welcome to come out here have a cheap beer, have a good hot dog, enjoy some entertainment, yeah. meet friends. Uh, and, and that's the point. Uh, arguably, besides Rock'em Sock'em Night, which I am very excited for, my favorite kind of two-night promotion, um, I'm not sure if anybody has, has done exactly what we're doing uh, for these two nights. It's going to be a Friday and Saturday in July. The Friday is going to be bachelor night. So we are going to crowdsource a bachelor. Uh, we're going to have eligible bachelors from the Danville area submit four photos, their name, their age, fun facts. We are going to come up with our top four, put those out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. The fans are going to decide who our bachelor is. And then based on the bachelor, we are going to find six bachelorettes. Same process. Once we find those six bachelorettes, we are going to cater six specific in between inning games for the bachelor and each bachelorette okay. to compete with from the first through sixth innings in the middle of those innings at the end of the sixth the top of the seventh the bachelor will present three single roses to his top three and then those four together will sing the seventh inning stretch and then the bachelor will present a full bouquet of roses to mm. his <clears throat> ultimate bachelorette winner now the eighth and ninth inning are going to be pretty normal but that Saturday, immediately after Bachelor Night, is going to be date night. So we've got an awesome t-shirt to give out. We're going to have a VIP package for couples that do want to make it a date night for them, working with our caterer on getting some steak and potato meals put together for those folks, um, going to kind of go above and beyond. We're going to have a crooner singing on the concourse before the game. Um, we're, we're going to do exactly what we did during um, Significant Otter Night last night. 
We're going to lead a vow, uh, vow renewal ceremony from the field for all couples in attendance. Um, and then the most exciting element, that couple that, that met and fell in love, quote unquote, on that <laughs> Friday during bachelor night, they are going to have their first date at the ballpark, but it's not just going to be sitting in the seats. They're going to have a candlelit dinner on top of the dugout in front of everybody in the stands. Oh, wow. Scott or our mascot is going to be bringing them, you know, you know, kind of a four course meal drinks throughout the night. Um, we're going to have Wyatt walk over there and interview them intermittently throughout the game, see how the date's going, you know, see, see how they're, they're liking each other. Um, so we're going to have a, a very public viewing of the bachelor and bachelorette's first date. Uh, so I'm very, very excited for that Friday, Saturday combo. Yeah, let, let's hope nothing happens between the day they met and their candlelight dinner. <laughs> so uh, we, we might have to uh, we might have to do the uh, the old courtroom trick and sequester them in their own hotel rooms. For, yeah, you know yeah, that Saturday. No, day. <laughs> no, that should be a lot of fun. I, I know. Uh, I mean, my wife's not a big baseball fan. If you have some wine slushies there and a couple girlfriends with us, she'll have fun because you know when I go to a ballpark, I just can't sit down. I'm always moving taking pictures, checking things out, talking to people. Uh, so she's like, man, can you just sit down and, and enjoy the game? And there's been some girls before I got married that love baseball games. You can go there, watch a game. And uh, But, you know, I married somebody who's not a baseball fan. So, you know, but not that I not, not that I not that I have anything wrong with that, but it would be nice if the wife was like, yeah, let's go to a baseball game. That sounds like fun. No, but, she's you like, know, opposites attract. Yeah, you know? that, that's the thing. Opposites attract. Uh, I think. I think I remember one time years ago, I was going to drive out to Iowa and I think I was going to see about four or five ballparks in about five days or four days. And I remember one of my friends says, I'd love to go with you, but I don't want to see that many baseball games, maybe a couple. (laughs) I said, what are you going to do in Iowa during the summer? So I go out there. That's when they had their major floods and I had a return. So uh, I wind up seeing one game in, in uh, Burling, uh, Clinton, Clinton, Iowa. And I couldn't get down to Burlington, Iowa. So, uh, yeah, that, that, those, those were the days I still try to do that. Uh, last year, definitely when I went out to the Carolinas in Virginia, I think I went to about nine ballparks, nine ballparks, one MLS game in Cincinnati in, uh, in about 10 days or 11 days. So it sounds like a dream vacation, to yeah, me, but I think yeah. we're, we're both the same kind of crazy though. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, see, you're working your butt off during the season. And, you know, there was a time when I was trying to get into minor league baseball and I had some experience in the lower levels of USL soccer. And I'm thinking to myself, if I didn't have the job that I have and have my summers off and, and didn't write for stadium journey, I would be working every summer. I wouldn't be getting to all these ballparks unless that team was in the league and I was visiting it. So yeah, it's, it's nice. Uh, you know, it's, it's two different people that love baseball, but you know, you're, you're putting on the show, you're getting people involved and you know, you, you got to work, you gotta, you gotta get out there and hustle and get people to the ballpark. And you said, you said for how many months you're a one person show. Uh, so for, for the first five months, I was so here, five I, was, months. I was one person. That's, that's um, insane. Yeah, like that that yeah. doesn't make sense. That 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 sounds like a disaster. But how how is that now? How many people do you have working now for you? Uh, so I, it, you know, great great success story. Um, the the interns, biggest yeah, bunch of interns. Point of the yes. So, um, well, so the 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 two guys that I hired in in additional full time capacities last season um, were both straight out of college. 
hungry. One of them came from collegiate athletics. One of them came from the world of golf. And when you hire young kids, you know, hey, this is going to be the jump off point for them. And being a staff of three to, you know, do a rebrand and a stadium flip and, and all these things, um, obviously their resumes were pretty robust. So yeah. in November of last year, my director of operations and events, who in his interview, I always ask everybody, hey, what's the dream? Because uh, if I can't help you get there, it's a waste of both of our times. Even if you'd be the best worker, if you're going to waste a summer, if you're going to waste three years of your life working for me, and it's not going to help catapult you to where you want to go, it's not worth it. And he said that his dream was to direct operations for a division one athletics program. He came from D3. Uh, November rolls around. He got an offer. I told him you would crazy if he didn't accept Just it. Like that. He's now the director of basketball operations for Harvard women's basketball. Oh, nice. uh, you don't say no to Harvard, right? No, no, uh, no. So then the the other one, my, my uh, director of, of ticket operations and ticket sales, um, he came from the world of golf, golfed growing up. Uh, he got a call from Pinehurst uh, and he is now down at Pinehurst working as their tournament manager. Another one where, you know, if it was wow. some dinky little course somewhere, I would have thought, uh, you know, hey, man, like, what are you doing? You got to stick this out. Uh, yeah. But when you get a call from Pinehurst, you go to Pinehurst. So I was alone again from uh, oh, no. mid-November <laughs> through too uh, good. February. <laughs> so, um, and then when Wyatt... Uh, came on full-time in uh, mid-February. Uh, we are now a full-time staff of two. Uh, we have an additional full-time staff member joining us in mid-May. Um, and then we've got our seven interns. And, you know, similar with the interns, um, we had somebody last year who uh, was had graduated college, knew she wanted to work in baseball, loved the opportunity that, that we had to create a fan base, to build community, to build trust. Um, and she, as of about a month ago, uh, started in a full-time role with the New York Mets. So oh, she nice. went from the Dan Otterbots to the New York Mets. That, that's a um, huge jump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of that's our other interns wanted jump. to get into to marketing. Um, so he did a lot of our marketing, a lot of our digital stuff last year. Uh, he got hired by a, a company that came into Danville, Kegaris Digital Marketing uh, wanted to make an impact here, and he was their first hire within the city of Danville. Uh, we had another intern who is now in graduate school. Uh, he ran our food and beverage last year, loved the management side of things, loved mm -hmm. the logistics side of things. He now has a internship with a Fortune 500 company for this year, going into his last yeah. year of his MBA program. So the 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 opportunities, and I know I'm I'm preaching to the choir here, but the opportunities of starting at a level like this, where you really do get so much active involvement in so many different areas of business and entertainment and community relations, um, the opportunities to grow and, and jump are certainly there. Um, so you know, Wyatt, I I told him I was like, look, man, like unless you get a call from the WWE, I don't want you leaving. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. The next thing you know, when it's Vince calling to <laughs> to ask, ask him to join. Yeah, you know, I hear those. I like I like hearing those stories because you know when I was working trying to get into minor league baseball, I was offered internships in Nashville, Indianapolis, the Eastern League up in Portland, Maine, and most of them were not paying. It was you know find your own place to live, blah blah blah. So. Uh, I took a job in Cincinnati with a, a soccer team, the Riverhawks, and I was getting $300 a week. Uh, I was living in a, a, a basement of an old pre-Victorian home for about $125 a month. So it wasn't the best living, but it was cheap. And then after that, I said, hey, I did, I did a year almost, you know, the, the team lined up folding. So they got rid of all their workers, except for the interns that I had hired. And, you know, here I am 
after the season say, Hey, I still want to work in baseball. I mean, I want to work in sports. Nashville, once again, it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a free internship. And there was a team, there was an indoor soccer team in Kansas city that they hired me, but then I didn't hear back from anybody. And then the person who hired me had left. Uh, that, that was, I, that was a crazy story. I'm glad I didn't move out to Kansas city for that team. <laughs> so I, I, the Florence freedom, uh, they're the Florence y'alls. Now they had ownership that I talked to one of the co-owners. Next thing I know, she's getting put in jail, I think for embezzlement, some crazy story. And I, I just like, you know what? I have given this a shot for a few years. You know, I, I I'm going to go into something else. So when you hear stories about somebody work for the Otterbots, Oh, Knox, Knoxville. Uh, I think were they the blue Jays or the, they're the, still the, the Smokies back then. Uh, I was trying to get a, a gig with them. They think they're offering $400 a month to live. I said, I don't know if I can do that. So yeah, it's uh, you, you like to hear those stories that somebody went from Danville to the Mets. Of course, you're living in the New York city market. So hopefully they're paying you paying you nicely. I, I don't know. I I've heard stories how the Mets and Yankees don't really pay certain employees that well, but Hey, you're working with the Mets. That's, that's my team. So uh, maybe she can figure out why Jacob DeGrom's always getting himself injured. Say, <laughs> uh, Jake, stop throwing a hundred miles an hour when you pitch. Calm down. Uh. It's, it is. I, I, I don't want to rub dirt in it, but yeah. when, when the Scherzer signing was announced, yeah. uh, you know, all, all my group chats were just like the, the Mets have the best one, two punch in baseball. Yeah, and then there was healthy. always somebody that followed it up saying, well, yeah, but inevitably they're both going to get hurt, right? Yeah. Like they're, it's yeah. the Mets. They're both going to get hurt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and now here we are. <laughs> yeah. Now here we are. We got to rely on, uh, Peterson and, and uh, Tyler Meagle and, you know, Cookie Carrasco. Oh, boy. Would have been nice if we had Zach Wheeler there still. Thanks, uh, yep. Will. Thanks, yep. Will Pong. <laughs> no, we're not going to sign you. You're not good. Yeah, go to Philadelphia and, and be a Cy Young candidate. Yeah, compete for uh, a Cy Young, yeah. Compete for a Cy Young. Everybody goes to Philly or Washington. No, we don't need you, Murphy. Just just go get signed to – go sign with the uh, – the nationals and like destroy us every time you play against us. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, we, we still have a long season left, so uh, we'll, we'll get there. So anyway, Austin, I, I think we're about, I think we're about up. I, this is a great conversation. It's uh, it's kind of nice, you know, like you and I know each other. We've had conversations before. Sometimes I have these conversations with folks that I don't know, but uh, this is sort of like a chat between colleagues and friends. So very enjoyable. Looking forward to the changes at uh, American Legion Stadium this year. Folks, if you have not been to an Appy League game or a Danville Otterbots game, check them out. You can hit another ballpark the next day, or you can just hang out in Danville and, and see some of the cool things downtown, taking some of uh, the distilleries, taking some of the, the old cobblestone streets. It's, uh, it's a cool little town to visit, and if you like history, that's your spot, so... Thank you, Austin. Amen. Thank Amen. You Anything you want to say before we go about this season? Hey, we're we're uh, the the kind of catchphrase that we're working on is, hey, we're we're in year two. We're going to make yeah. it bigger. We're going to make it better. We're going to make it fodder. Fodder. You know, because you got to you got to throw the the Otterbots references in yeah, there anyway. Exactly. But um, yeah, if if you don't follow us on social media already, we are at Go Otterbots. Uh, you can put it in Facebook. And then uh, obviously that's our handle on Twitter and Instagram. Um, got some really, really cool things planned, some really awesome giveaways. Um, you know, check out our website. We've got our promotional calendar on there. Uh, got some really exciting ball players coming in to, to play for the Otterbots this year. 
Again, if you're in Danville, uh, try that lager bot out. It is phenomenal. Uh, get it at the ballpark, get it at Ballad Brewing. Um, and, uh, you know, even if it's not something that you or your family um, would, uh, you know, like to, to take advantage of, um, you know, come by and see the sensory room. I think it's going to be the most robust sensory room that, that baseball has. We uh, did a lot of polling, a lot of community work, trying to figure out exactly what elements need to be included in that room yeah. uh, for it to be as inclusive of, of a space as possible. So um, come by and see us. Uh, always let us know when you're in town. We'll make it fun for you. Um, yeah. And uh, Mark, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for, for having me on. And um, if, uh, if you're back in town this summer, uh, I think a lot of those, uh, those, the, the lines in the, the uh, stadium journey video, there's like, man, like this, this is really cool, but you can tell it's year one. Uh, yeah. I'm hoping that, that with everything that, that we've done uh, this off season, now you'll be able to say, this is really cool. You can yeah. tell it's year two. Yeah, you can tell it's year two. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's why I tell people with Stadium Journey, anybody can go out there and make videos. It doesn't have to be just me. We have one gentleman who I don't think lives too far away from Dan. He lives, I think he lives in the Washington, D.C. area. I don't know exactly how far that is, but said, you could go down there and make, you know, he makes videos and he gives them to me. I put them together for the site. But yeah, other people can go down there and make videos because I love looking at the ballpark experience and, you know, uh, there's some places you never are able to get to or you don't know about. So like he did a video from Martinsville, which was a little far away in the uh, coastal plain league. It's kind of, it's kind of fun to see, see baseball at these nice old ballparks that are yeah. still being, you know, your ballpark's kind of a newbie about 30 years old. Correct. Yep. Yeah. 1993. I want to say so. Yeah. Yep. And in, in, in some of these construction projects, we've been finding uh, the original electric paperwork uh, oh, that was written in pencil on like those old faded yellow yeah. pads and they're all dated 92 93 just yeah. depending on where in the construction uh, process they were <laughs> well I, I think my garage oh, my garage door openers from 1993 because so, it, it says it on there it still works <laughs> now sometimes i have to hit about 10 times to the garage door to open but i'm going to see how long i can last i, I want to hit the 30 year mark yeah. 30 years of the same garage door opener and like like it was you know i just bought the house about six years ago so like this thing has been handed off to numerous people uh within that time so all right austin appreciate the time what a wonderful conversation and go otterbots amen thank you mark all right take care you too All right, uh, that was Austin Share, the GM of the Danville Otterbots. I, I want to do that Optimus Prime voice. Otterbots, roll out. Otterbots. Okay, what I do, uh, what I do by uh, impersonation of uh, Optimus Prime, I have to do Starscream. Megatron, the Autobots are getting close. Okay, that's as far as I'll go. All right. Well, yeah, uh, Austin and I were talking off the record about uh, some of these young prospects that are in the big leagues who I remember their fathers playing, like Bobby Witt Jr., uh, uh, Ibanez Jr., Vlad Guerrero, Bichette. It's, uh, it's insane, the, the amount of players coming up. You know, pretty soon Mike Trout Jr. is going to be, you know, playing in AAA baseball, getting ready to be called up. I mean, it, it's, it's going to happen. Jacob DeGrom Jr. or Max Scherzer Jr. I, I don't know who have kids or who doesn't, but whoo, I'm getting old. Pretty soon I'm gonna I'm gonna see the grandkids come up. You know, you're gonna see Vlad Guerrero the third play or uh, Tony Gwynn the third. 
it's uh, fascinating. But hey, uh, it's baseball. And uh, if you play for the New York Mets, you can help us win a World Series. I'll be more than happy. So yeah, Danville Otterbots. I kind of wish I was going to Danville, Virginia again. I don't think I'll be there, to be honest with you. But I got a buddy who lives in Greensboro who always says you can come by and visit. His little daughter, Olivia, likes going to baseball games. So she might have fun at an Otterbots game. She uh, let her run the bases. That's, That's all she needs. Just let her run the bases, give her some good food and let her buy some merchandise and uh, she'll go home a happy, a happy baseball fan. So, wow, that was a, that was a fun time. I think we talked for almost an hour there, but uh, hopefully you're enjoying these podcasts. Um, Let me know, let me know how I'm doing. I had an interview with um, that's coming up with a gentleman from old Fort baseball co uh, Logan weaning. And he goes, yeah, I like your, I like your podcast. And he pointed out a couple things to me that I was like, the heck are you talking about? Oh, you listen to my podcast. That's where you got it from. So I appreciate the time. I appreciate the listen and um, it's baseball season full bloom right now. And we're done with April with the cruddy Northeast Midwest weather where you want to go to a game, but then it rains. You want to go to a game and it's clear, but it is about 40 degrees. You want to go to a game, but it snowed and the field's under, you know, a foot of snow. And we are in May now where sun is in the air, skies are blue, and things are looking up because uh, it's baseball season, folks. So go out there, enjoy a ballpark no matter where you are especially if in the Greensboro, North Carolina area, you got tons of ballparks to go to. I'm still envious of you guys. So, all right, I'm done talking. We'll see you next time, guys. Mark Viquez, the ballpark hunter, ballpark punter, ballpark punter. Yeesh, how about that? Ballpark hunter podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Check me out at Stadium Journey. Uh, Mark at Stadium Journey is my email. You can also check me out on Twitter, ballpark hunter. And uh, watch my videos on YouTube, Ballpark Hunter. I have one of actually me hanging out in Danville, Virginia, looking through the streets and checking out some distilleries and looking at some of these old places that uh, we mentioned in this podcast. So check that out. And, of course, uh, I have a video of the Danville Otterbots uh, from last year. So you can see season one, what things were like when I didn't get my hot dog. And it made me very, very mad. (laughs) of like my nephew i'm very very bad so all right gang we will see you next time you have a great day and uh adios 